I'm just gonna do a little song <laughs> I call it the old truck. Got an old truck, runs all right. Kiss me where I'm going, and it starts every time. Sweet sound. Fine greetings to all of you listening, to those of you who are chasing their bliss, and to those who've found it and are living it every day. It's Friday, November 3rd, 2023, and this is Fortell's Fortune Told, and I'm your host, Fortell. This is a show about music and musicians, songwriting and performing, and the stories of real people investing themselves into this art form because it's who they are. Today's thoughts, I'm going to go over some questions that people often come up with when you're a performing musician. Covers versus originals. For some folks, that's a very obvious choice. They only play original music. Or they only play cover music. There are tribute bands, for instance, that only play one band. One band's music. And like many of us, you have both. Some people take themselves quite seriously and won't play or learn covers because it's just not who they want to be as an artist. And I totally understand that. I get that. Some folks don't play covers because they don't think they're good at it. They're not that artist, insert artist X, and... Therefore, they won't sound like that artist acts. Therefore, they will look bad. And so there's some of that to play in covers as well. In original music, when you go to see someone and they only play original music, and yet you are entertained the whole night, there's something quite powerful about that. So there's the allure of, say, the force of original music, to use a Star Wars reference, there's extra power there in original music if you can pull that off. But there's something to playing covers that I've learned over the years. So I guess this was maybe my own personal opinion on it. There are certain covers that just grab hold of me sometimes. And I learn that cover and I look forward to playing that cover every single time I can. Every open mic I would go to, every show I would have, uh, that's one I would be looking forward to. For instance, the latest one is Neil Young's Unknown Legend. For some reason, I just absolutely adore that song currently, and I love playing it as well. So, And many Neil Young songs have captured me that way. And when I learn a song, I digress a little bit, but when I'm learning these covers, I go into a different state of mind in that I completely obsess about said song. So all of my songs I learn by heart. I don't have any lyric sheets, any chord charts, any fake book. All I have is a list of song titles and um, the artists that perform them and then, believe it or not, the tempo. 
So if I'm looking for, say, a fast song that will pick up the audience, I can quickly look and see what's a good fast tempo song. Or if the opposite, I want to play something to slow it down, I can go to that. Most of my songs are moderato, so it's um, only on certain occasions do I look for that. But it's just another factor that I sort by. But that's it. I, and so when I'm learning a song, I put it to, to heart. I put it to memory in a very deep spot. And when I do that, I'm able to pull it out, even after not playing it for a while or what have you. Um, and then I can also... Um, anticipate things and that's always a good thing when you're a performer to know what's coming next <clears throat> sometimes you know you do rely on muscle memory and you end up in a good spot maybe accidentally but I digress again there um, but when I'm learning that cover I think about it all 24 7 uh, when I'm sleeping I'm thinking about it I'm dreaming about it I wake up thinking about it I play it I play it and I play it and I play it and I play it and then I play it in my mind when I'm not next to my guitar. And that can la that process can last three days to a week. Um, sometimes it lasts longer, but um, usually it's between three days to about a week where I'm just obsessing about a certain song. And then sure enough, that song becomes part of me going forward. But the mix of playing covers and originals is something that, um, you know, I battle every show. I definitely want to put all of my original music out, but I rarely get a chance to put it all out there. I think the audience wants to hear certain songs, or frankly, I want to mix it up and play a mixture of songs that they know. Sometimes folks like to sing along. Definitely certain songs. Um, Friends in Little Places, Thank You, Garth. Garth Brooks wrote a song that gets a tip every single time I play it. Thank you for that. And most of the time, people singing with me, so... Uh, and there's others too, not just Garth, but really uh, fun to do that. And of course, that's hard to do when you're playing original music and chances are they haven't heard your stuff. Or if they have, they don't know enough to sing with it. I do have one song that people sing with me no matter if they know it or not. It's called Don't Dab in Moab. Um, if you know it, you know what I'm talking about. But I've had 21-year-olds in Boulder singing with me at an open mic, asking me if that was on Spotify and... I played to a bunch of uh, retirees at Fox Hill Country Club and had them all singing with me too. So that seems to be a full spectrum singing with me song, even though it's an original song that they hadn't heard before. So I guess that's what happens when you have a catchy enough chorus. Um, but yeah, so it really depends on the crowd and the mix and your songs and what you feel like putting out there. Some venues actually want all originals. They don't pay an ASCAP or BMI fees and they, they actually need you to play all of your original music per they don't want to get sued or fined um, by those unions that are out there supposedly protecting musicians out there um, but I know leading to a lot of headaches for music venue owners and bar owners and breweries etc but um, yeah so it really does depend on all of those factors, venue included. So there are your thoughts for today. Spotlight songwriting. So today I'm going to talk about how you kind of start a song 
Um, a lot of people feel like you have to have one of two things. You have to have a catchy melody or a riff to build around. So giving that as the premise of this argument, catchy melodies can be a lot of different things and a riff to build around is something unique, style, funky, rhythmic, uh, progression, melodic, harmonic, guitar, or could be other instruments that are essential to making that song and giving its it it its identity. So, a catchy melody can also be that that could be the foundation of a song, and it's very obvious when that's the case. Um, and that can just be a series of chord choices. So let's talk about chord choices. You have, to break it down, you have really essentially, you have major chords and you have minor chords. And amongst those various levels of additional tweaks to those chords to add notes that change the tension and feeling of those chords. Adding a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, ninth, etc., creates transition and tension. So in music, you're in one location and then you're in another. And that also, to be fluid, needs a transition. So you're in one chord, you're transitioning to another chord. Sometimes that transition and in, in adding those enhancements to those chords. And then all of those added together in a, in a pattern that creates that catchy melody. It sounds very scientific, but when you're strumming and you're playing those chords and you go through those changes, you can develop those melodies and next thing you can, you know, you, you have a new song or at least the framework of a new song to work around. And when you're building a riff, one of the things is not only the notes and the melody of that riff, but it's also rhythm choices. So when you're choosing rhythm choices for the riff or for the song itself, you have various options. You know, is it, it depends on the, the song itself and what you're trying to present and what you want it to feel like. So is there a funky syncopated rhythm? Is there a three, four waltz feel to it. Or maybe there's like a South American bossa nova feel. Or maybe it's down home Chicago or Memphis blues. Or maybe it's just hitting it hard, two and four, country beat. Or like a backbeat rhythm kind of thing. That all changes the feel and the nature of your songwriting. I recently played a gig up at in Nederland, Colorado, a place called Very Nice Brewing Company. And I just had a blast. They have a really nice stage there. They have all these windows and doors that you can open up. And I've been thinking about them. And I actually reached out to them recently about setting up another gig. 
Um, I had some folks come up to me and tell me that they traveled about an hour from uh, Rollinsville. Um, or no, Evergreen, sorry. Rollinsville is close to uh, Netherland. They were from Evergreen, but they had listened and watched some videos and decided to come see me. It's always great when people like that come out and want to meet me and all that. Really nice. I also played an, an open mic at a place called Beyond the Mountain Brewery uh, in Boulder, Colorado. Really nice folks there. Um, and we're going to set up a, sh a show there too. They sounded like they had something next month and maybe um, in January as well. But um, really a great list of bands that are playing there throughout and really good supporters of music there beyond the mountain. So shout out. And then, of course, my open mic, which is at Mountain Cowboy Brewing in Frederick, Colorado. It's my home base. They roast coffee there, so they're open at, oh gosh, 7 in the morning, I believe. And uh, they also brew their own beer, so that makes them up open until most days about 9 o'clock, I believe. They often have food trucks, but they also have lots of good in-house eats. And there's some good pizza places nearby, a place called Bash's Pizza. Shout out Bash's. But Mountain Cowboy has just been so much freaking fun. It's just always new artists and new people that come and listen. Um, got Ken the drummer who's there. He's our house drummer. Shout out to Ken. And all of our regulars that show up and play and put their heart out and just have a blast and look forward to it as much as I do. I just want to thank Mountain Cowboy for supporting the music scene around here, which, you know, I met went and met ron and michelle basically right when they were opening up and just decided i wanted to try to connect and start a music scene there with them and boy ever since then it, it's been going on and i'm so glad that he was uh convinced by me to start an open mic um knowing that it does take a good year or so for an open mic to get established he let that happen and sure enough like it's really been reaping the benefits and it's been such a fun scene so it's the second and fourth Thursday of every month at Mountain Cowboy Brewing Company in Frederick, Colorado. The sign-up is at 6.30 p.m. and performances are 7 to 9. We'll see you soon. friends. Today we have Rocco with us. Rocco is a singer-songwriter out of Broomfield, Colorado. Rocco has been writing songs, uh, his current music since 2000. Uh, his music to me is a, is a country and western feel reminiscent of classic country artists like Hank Williams and Jimmy Rogers with a 21st century take. I want you to welcome Rocco, everyone. Rocco, how are you, man? Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Where are you from, man? Hi, I'm originally from uh, Schenectady, New York, upstate New York. And uh, from there, um, I kind of ventured down to Naples, Florida for a while. And then I went back home and uh, took a Greyhound bus and I did write a song called One Way Ticket. And from there, I kind of worked at General Electric for a while and decided to pack it up and went out to Huntington Beach, California where a friend lived and uh, played along the coast. Met my future wife there and packed her up and we moved to Nashville, Tennessee, which she hated. 
And from there, we went back up to uh, upstate New York and for a few years. And then we decided to go out to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, where I played some music and belonged to Songwriters Association. And then from there, we decided to go up to Colorado, where we uh, bought a home and pretty much going to stay the rest of our lives. Awesome. I'm, I'm curious. I've heard a lot of people say they didn't like Nashville. I want to dive further into that at some point, but that's awesome. Uh, and what year did you get make your way to Colorado? Uh, let's see. Colorado probably uh, is 2010. 2010. Otherwise, okay. we lived in uh, Arizona for 15 years. 15 years prior to that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, welcome, welcome. It's my paradise as well. Um, so transitioning. So when you think about you being a musician, do you have like any early memories of being a musician? Like any memories of music, your mom, your dad, or listening to some song or something back in like early on? Is there anything that triggers a memory there? Well, my, my dad played trumpet, but that didn't inspire me. Um, <laughs> um, I did start playing early. I a lot of bands through uh, junior high school and high school school bands. And a lot of friends played in bands. Uh, probably inspired me. Probably I liked a lot of uh, I liked a lot of southern rock. I did love that. And of course, then the Beatles were around, and the Rolling Stones, which I really admired, and uh, stuff like that. So kind of that's probably where it started. And then I just went off and uh, kind of you know in the electric scene, and then went to the acoustics, gotcha. which. Um, you know, you've been playing a good, long, good amount of time. Different electric and acoustic guitar. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I've had a lot of nice guitars, and I bought this Martin in 1978, and uh, I've had it ever since then. And and uh, yeah, and I met a lot of good uh, good people in Colorado, good songwriters and singers. And just so the audience knows, this is a beautiful Martin. Uh, from 78. I believe the entire back and neck is rosewood. So jealous for sure. It's a D9, D19. It was actually because okay. they made a 19 off of the 18, but really it's, it's a D18, D18 actually. actually. Gotcha. Yeah. Good to know. So I described your music a little bit in the beginning because I've heard a good amount of it, but how would you describe your music? Well, I'm, a, I'm kind of a... I have a lot of songs that are story songs. I like writing stories, you know, in my music. Um, um, so I do have a lot of those I've written, you know, stories or come across the, an old house and I, might, I write a song about the old house or my granddad, my granddaughter's dad lives in uh, Nebraska, so I wrote uh, Ride with the Wind, which is kind of, about somebody who lives out on the prairie and they're all ranchers so but i do like the story sides of it mm. that's awesome yeah i can sense that in your music um so you mentioned that you worked for ge for a while and all of us seems to seem to have other career interests or poles if you will uh besides music uh what are some of your other career interests that you've done throughout your life besides music well, I worked when um, I was actually in the window dressing business because I um, worked for a company back east, uh, and then I, <clears throat> when I went out west, 
and got to Arizona. I worked for a window shade company, window mm -hmm. dressing company. Then I ended up getting in with Hunter Douglas, which when I moved up here, I worked for Hunter Douglas and then uh, actually retired from there. Well, fantastic. And now you get to focus completely on your music. Yes. Yes. I know you've been writing a lot of music, it seems. And um, it seems like every time I see you, you've got another new song, which is really awesome. And I'm jealous of that. <laughs> um, but what do you, if I already ask you this question, like deep philosophical question, but you don't have to go there, but you can. But why do you do music? Oh, I love it. I, lo I love music. It's just, it, it, you know, it's like, <clears throat> it's kind of like, it's a place where I go. Like I go, I, it's, I go inside my guitar. I, I mean, I, it's kind of the way I look at it, you know. And um, you know, and uh, I tell people, I, um, I'm probably gonna, you know, die with my guitar. And I, I literally say that because in my will, I will have my guitar cremated with me, which is kind of strange. But I actually will. <laughs> So I hate to say that, but yeah, I, I love it. I love music, and and I, and I don't and I don't. I can be with just beginners or advanced people, but I just you know, and I love to see young people that are trying and and they get a chance and they're 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 hanging on to it. I mean, um, a lot of people will probably will get to a certain age and they'll probably you know maybe never continue, and then some will continue you know with it. So, but that's kind of where it's at. Awesome, man. Well put. Uh, do you have any like major influences that you'd say, oh, this, I, man, I've learned some of his songs or her songs because they just inspired me or I just wanted to learn that or I want to be that person one day or anything like that? Uh, not really. I guess I, I did a lot of Jim Croce and James Taylor stuff, so I probably, yes. you know. I did play banjo for eight years. I don't play it anymore, but... Uh, wow, I did not know that about you. Yeah, yeah, I wow. did. And uh, So if there was a banjo sitting right there, you could pick it up and plug it and be all right. Uh, probably not. Oh, okay. <laughs> probably not. It's been a long time. But I, I, I finger pick a lot, too, you know, instead of just strumming. And, uh, yeah, I know about you. But those, I, I liked people with acoustic and, uh, you know, kind of really feeling the music. Not saying electric people don't, but it's it's a different side of the world, you know. No, I read you. I, I get that too. It's just a different feel on an electric guitar. It just plays a lot different, a lot faster, a lot smoother. Yeah. And an acoustic is much more raw, much more sound based mm. to the guitar itself, not your amp. You know, that kind of thing. You're much more intimate relationship with that guitar than an electric one. Personal opinion there. Sorry, yeah. electric guitar players. <laughs> um, but you need an amp in there. I'm just saying you need an intermediary. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Um, so, I, man, I love so many of your original music, so many of your original songs. Um, um, El Paso, New Mexico. Um, you played Colorado. Uh, Greyhound, I love that song. What What is one of your, maybe your favorite song you've written and why? Uh... You know, I don't know. I, they're all really to me. You know, I mean, uh, um, I might take a song that I, I kind of really like. You know, I say this to songwriters: is that, that I'm never afraid to take a song and put it on my B list and not on my A list, or just rewrite it and get rid of it. Because um, sometimes we think that, oh, this song's really good, but that's a. a, a opinion of ourselves and it does 
it's you can tell when you write a decent song you you'll get you'll get feedback out there you will get it and then otherwise you might just go oh, they'll clap and say but you can you can tell you know a good song you know and uh that's one thing I learned when I was in Nashville, Tennessee, which I met real good songwriters, is that uh, they never worry down there about picking or plot, you know, because they can always get a picker. It's really the words. They, they're, they're trying to write a song that they can sell. If somebody else sings it, that's that's what they want to do, you know. So, nice. But um, that's about it, really. You know, um, I think just the more you keep writing, you know, you like foretell. Um, it will become you. You will become a style. It starts becoming you, yeah. and it's hard to play it play out if you're working because then you to, that transition from here to there. But the more you do it, yeah, you people start identifying with you with your music. That's how I look at it. Awesome, man. All right, last question for you. Any words of advice or words of wisdom for others? doing this stuff out there no just keep playing you know i see a lot of young people a lot younger than me and um you know everybody's very good there are some when you listen to them they they do have something and and if they just you got to keep trying keep going and get your identity of you you know it's um especially if you start writing then that, that will come along Keep yourself out there, you know. Uh, my dad was a square dance caller for a while. He used to be a carpenter. And uh, he didn't have much of a voice, but um, he got really good at calling. He knew all the moves, you know. And he probably worked at more halls and fairgrounds than you can imagine. And he always said to me, don't worry, you got to get yourself out there. Otherwise, they won't know who you are. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this episode of Fortell's Fortune Told. I want to thank Rocco for joining us. And thank you so very much, as I certainly appreciate you all listening today. And feel free to interact more at foretellmusic.com. But for now, I'll send you into the sunset with Rocco's The Old Truck. And I hope your journey is as expected. Got an old truck, runs all right. Kiss me where I'm going and it starts every time. Sweet sound. Got chrome bumpers, leather seats, roll down the window if you need some AC when it's hot. Down in the southern towns, it's got a radio. Hey, am you know? Listen to Willie or the Oak Ridge Boys, the three speed and the fancy. So my group is cool.
Gotta slant six, never dies, but gets at least 100,000 miles. She never lets me down, she's always by my side. A little bit of smoke trails behind, has to do with her age and time. She's got a radio, AM, you know, listen to Italy or the Oak Ridge boys of three speed, and I'm fancy so my group is cool next to me. Here's a little song I just wrote <laughs> a while ago. Got